if you have ever had to dump the entire reservoir because two drops of pH down was not enough, but three drops was way too many, go ahead and click subscribe. The Grow From Your Heart podcast starts now. Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rasta Jeff. This is episode 817 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I've got a fun show lined up for us. In this episode, I'm going to give away free seeds. Hang out, we'll talk more about the free seeds later in this episode. I do want to announce that iRedirect will be back November 1st. That's right, if you've been looking for iRedirect, have no fear, the website will be back November 1st. There'll be a lot of great items available. Uh, make sure you join the mailing list at iRegenetics.com. When iRedirect goes back online, you will get a notification and update. Also, make sure you check out Patreon at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart because Patreon members do get first dibs and first notifications when there are updates at iRedirect.com. A lot of people have been asking what happened to iRedirect? Why did I have to take down the website? I will do a full podcast episode about why I had to remove the website, uh, about the uh, the situation that happened and how I resolved that and where we are now. I will do a full podcast about that, but I will probably put that on Patreon. That will be Patreon-only content. When I put that show out, when I do complete that episode, I will let you know that that is available. But the saga continues. The thing is not completed yet. Once I have the website going again, sales are back in action, things feel smooth. Then I will talk about it. I'll make the full podcast about it. I built a good uh, chronological timeline. I'm keeping an outline of how it happened, the uh, timeline of events. I will talk about it all very soon, but it will be a Patreon episode. I'll let you know when that's coming so that you can join the Patreon and check out that story if you are all at all interested in the uh, story of why iRedirect disappeared and the triumphant return of iRedirect. All right, that's enough rambling here at the start of the show. Let's jump into everybody's favorite portion of the podcast. That is the email portion of the podcast. If you need grow help, if you have grow questions, please go to my website, iregenetics.com. There is a grow help tab at the top of the page or a tab that says questions. We're doing some work to the website on the website, so things will change. Uh, it may say grow help, or it may say questions. Uh, use whichever one pops up for you. Go to the website, go to the question tab. Uh, type in your name. Tell me your grow question. Let me know what's going on in your garden. If I do read your grow question here on the podcast, you will win a free pack of Irie Genetics premium seeds. That's right. You'll get a free pack of seeds. So send me those questions on iregenetics.com or of course, iredirect.com. I will read your question. You will win free seeds. The first question to be read on today's podcast came from somebody who wants to call themselves Stefan. Thank you for the great message, Stefan. Uh, the question goes just like this. It says, hey, Rasta Jeff, what's up, bro? Good to meet you. It says, I hope that you are well. Thanks a lot for the interesting topics that help us understand this plant better. Hey, you are very welcome. Thank you for the great compliment. Thank you for noticing and thank you for contributing. It does say I've got some general request general questions regarding fox tailing flowers, and I hope to get an explanation from a pro other than the bro science you can find online. Well, uh, to be completely honest with you here, my dude, this is going to be bro science. Uh, what you're asking about, I don't have any scientific knowledge. I didn't do any real research. This is just what I've experienced uh, with playing with genetics, playing with a lot of plants, and what I think. A lot of this is my opinion. We'll jump into that. Let me get to it. 
Uh, the question is, uh, why does foxtailing happen at all? Is there a way to avoid it? And is there even a need for it other than avoiding the annoying extra labor when it comes to trimming? Thanks a lot, and please keep up the great work. Dude, thank you for uh, encouraging me to keep up the great work. I have skipped a couple of weeks of episodes here. Uh, I've been doing shows every other week. I've been spending a lot of energy getting iRedirect Direct going again. Uh, that's been very time-consuming, very costly. It's been a little bit stressful, to tell you the truth. And I've dedicated more time to that than I should. Uh, I should have been here doing the podcast, but I put more energy into iRedirect. Needed to get that going. I'm here now doing a podcast. But thank you to all of the people who, uh, when an episode does not come out, people like immediately, they're like, hey, bro, are you okay? Is you, are you all right? Is your life okay? Is everything good? People check on me when episodes don't come out. Thank you to those folks. Big fist bump to everyone who checks on me. Uh, but I will not stop doing the podcast. Sometimes I do need to skip a week, take a break. Uh, life gets busy, bro. And I've been enjoying life and doing those things. Uh, but have no fear. The podcast is not going away. Now, let me answer this question and quit rambling because uh, I am quite rambly today. I've been smoking some uh, it's a Mai Tai. To, uh, it's actually called Mai Tai to Pussy Cake from Green Dot. Uh, it's a, an amazing dab. It got me super rambly. Let's stay focused. It says... Um, the foxtailing. Why does it happen at all? Happen at all? Sometimes uh, that is just basically a phenotypical expression. Sometimes that plant is going to foxtail. Uh, no matter where you put it, no matter what environment that plant goes into. Uh, let me talk about foxtailing in general. A lot of times when we grow a plant, it makes a little like a pine cone shaped bud. Sometimes it'll make a fingery looking bud with weird finger shapes coming out coming out of it. Weird stacked calyxes. Sometimes that is less or more exaggerated depending on the plant, and the environment. So those are your foxtails. A lot of people don't like those, like this grower said, because it is extra work when you were trimming. Those are a pain in the ass to work around, and they're not super pretty in the bag. Uh, what causes that? I was saying a moment ago, most of the time that foxtailing, a lot of the time that is genetics. It is in the genetics. Many genetics will do that. A lot of the more tropical sativa type stuff will do that. Uh, most of your Afghans and your Indica stuff won't do it as much. Uh, but I believe that it is so... Uh, so that that plant, it is hot and tropical and humid where that plant is being grown. And if it got tight and clustery, that inside part would get moldy. So the plant knew that and it went, hey, let's spread out a little bit. And it's got all this breathing room so it doesn't get moldy in the inside of the plant. Uh, that is my theory. That's what I think foxtailing is about. It can be exaggerated by room environment conditions. Like if it gets too hot, that will bring on more foxtailing. If it gets too dry, that could encourage foxtailing. Also, if it gets too humid, that could encourage foxtailing. It's all about uh, what happens in the environment and how that plant is uh, genetically programmed to respond to that environmental trigger. So is foxtailing a good or bad thing is the next part of this question. Um, that is a very relative question. If you're growing for flower, if you want a nice uh, bag appeal. If you want the sack, like Dr. Dre taught us a long time ago, you want a sack of rocks. You want a bag of tight, dense buds that just lines the bottom of the baggie would be your quarter of nuggets, and that's all that should be in there, some dense, tight rocks. Uh, that is a good mindset if you're rolling blunts, if you're taking bong loads. But if you are a concentrate maker, some of these finger, uh, fingery, foxtaily buds are more desirable. I've said this before a long time ago. Imagine if I were to take my fist, and I were to roll it around in powdered sugar. We're going to moisten up my fist and roll it in powdered sugar. I'm going to get this much surface area worth of powdered sugar. Uh, imagine if that is trichomes on a plant. You got this much trichome all over here. I don't know the surface area. I don't know how to measure that, but this much surface area covered in trichomes. Now, imagine if we grew a more open structured bud, a more foxtaily bud that was like this and had weird shapes coming out of it, 
Look at all that extra surface area I just opened up for more trichomes. If we're making concentrates, that would be much easier to extract from the plant. That more fingery, airier, uh, more spacious, open type of a bud is more desirable for a concentrate maker. I do see a trend starting that the concentrate makers are realizing that. The flower smokers want that tighter bud, that tighter bud structure, which we all enjoy, which is popular, which we're all accustomed to. There's nothing wrong with it. But the people that are making concentrates, they're leaning more toward the phenotypes that are more open, that are more airy, because like I just talked about, there's more uh, more uh, surface area to get trichomes on. And also, uh, if you got this bud with just this much trichome in it, all this inside, it's hard to wash that. It's hard to extract that. This bud is much easier to, however you're pressing it, extracting it, washing it, blasting it, processing it, whatever you do, this bud is easier to knock trichomes off of. So that is a pro and a con of that uh, foxtaily bud. If you're looking for bag appeal, uh, if you want to put it on the shelf at the dispensary, if you want the crew to buy it and pay top dollar for it, maybe that foxtaily shit's not for you. But if you're making concentrates, that just may be the perfect strain for you. And in the future, I do see uh, a trend in those foxtaily strains getting more popular for the concentrate makers. Imagine if you're running bubble bags, you got all those fingers, that's so much easier to wash than a tight bunch of rocks, in my opinion, in my experience. All right, let me make sure I've covered this question. I did ramble quite a long time about that one. Um, foxtailing, does it happen? Yeah, it's a thing. It really does happen. Is there a way to avoid it? Sometimes that foxtailing is genetic. Sometimes it is brought on by too much heat. Uh, if you're getting a lot of excessive foxtailing, maybe raise your lights, get that bud away from the light. That may help you out. Maybe cool off the room. Is there a need for it? Yeah, the concentrate makers like it. Uh, extra labor when it comes to trimming. Yeah, if you're making concentrates, you don't have to trim it. So that makes it so much easier. Uh, this is all about phenotypical selection. Maybe pick the one that is not so fingery. Oh, excuse me. My voice is burning out right there. I apologize for that one. But my friend, Stefan, uh, thank you for the great question. Since I read your message here on the podcast, guess what? You, my dude, win a free pack of Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. Please send me an email with your real name and a good safe shipping address. And in the subject of that email, please put prizes uh, so that I know to look for you, so that I know to send you prizes. Anybody else out there, if you're expecting prizes, send me a reminder, put the word prizes in the subject line of the email address, and I will get, or in the, uh, yeah, the subject line of the email, and I will get your prizes out to you as soon as possible. All right, let's keep the podcast moving. I do have another great question here in front of me. This one came from our friend Bluegrass Ganja. What's up, Bluegrass Ganja? I do like that name. It says, Hey, Rasta Jeff, I have recently popped several tester packs from another breeder. I have been noticing on one of the seedlings that it is showing variegation. And that is when you see um, just different, like, it'll probably be dark green and then you'll see some light green coloring. Uh, maybe tiger stripes, maybe stripes going up the length or the width of the plant of the leaves there. Uh, that is basic variegation. Uh, maybe an albino looking leaf or something on there or a half albino leaf. That is basic variegation. It says, would you be concerned and what are the possible outcomes from finishing this plant? Thanks always. I do appreciate the knowledge. This is a great question. It is not uncommon to see some weird things in little tiny plants in seedlings that are brand new. A lot of the time, the plant will simply grow out of that. The variegation, it may grow out of it. Uh, weird mutations when the plants are little, it may grow out of it. It may not. It may continue. Um, if it doesn't, then you've got a really unique plant that I would flower out. I would keep a clone of it and I would see what it does. If it's super fire and it grows good and smokes good, uh, gets you good and buzzed, has a nice flavor to it, and it makes some cool variegation, that may be something fun to play with. I would keep an eye on it, make sure it doesn't do anything super weird. 
but I would just keep growing it. Treat it like normal, but keep an eye on it. If it starts doing weird shit, then make some decisions, uh, message me back. But your options right now are that it's going to grow out of that. By the time it's a foot tall, you'll never even remember that it had a variegation or it's going to stay just like it was or it will uh, exaggerate the variegation, at which point I would make some decisions. Uh, look at the plant, send me a picture at that point, then we can make some decisions. But at this little seedling stage, uh, it's very likely that it will grow out of that. But some of my plants, some of my favorite plants are the weirdos that grew from a pack of seeds. Uh, the weirdos, the misfits, the runts that most of you would have thrown away, those might be some of the best plants in the pack sometimes. If you think about it, they're doing weird shit. Uh, maybe they're just going to bang out a whole bunch of THC as another weird trait. You never know what those weirdos could do. Sometimes give them a chance. So that was a quick answer. Uh, my friend, Blue Grass Ganja, since I did read your question here on the show, that means you, my friend, win a free pack of Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. Once again, please do send me your shipping address. You guys, when you send me those shipping addresses, you guys, gals, and everything in between, please send me a real shipping address with a real name. I've said this before. The post office knows your name. You live there. They know who gets mail there. These are seeds that are fully legal and legit to send. Uh, give me your real name and real address. I will get you seeds safely. But once again, my dude, Bluegrass Ganja, thank you for the great question. I do appreciate it. I do look forward to the follow-up. Let me know what happens with this plant. Uh, if it gets crazier, if it grows right on out of it, uh, if you decide to cull it, if you decide to keep it going, if you decide to breed with it, let me know because I'm very curious about your variegated plant. All right, let's keep this party moving. I do have another great question here in front of me. This one came from our friend Tokamak. Shout out to our friend Tokamak. Hey bro, send me your shipping address because you want a free pack of Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. Tokamak has a question and it goes just like this. My question is a breeding question about S1s. All right, let's talk about S1 before we get too far. What is an S1? Let's just say that you've got a golden goat female plant. You take that golden goat, you cut two clones of the same plant, that golden goat and golden goat. We're going to treat one plant with a solution. It is called silver thiosulfate. That solution will cause this plant to create pollen. That pollen will be put on the other clone. Now we have just made golden goat S1 seeds. Those seeds will be all female, all golden goat seeds because we used a golden goat female and a golden goat female. We bred them together. That is all golden goat S1. It is self. S stands for self. One is the first generation. This is the first generation of selfed golden goat seeds. We're just using the golden goat as an example here because that makes it easy. We're going to move forward with the question. It says, when crossing an S1 with a male of a different cultivar and hunting the results to find a keeper female, what would be the purpose of backcrossing the keeper to the original S1? That is a very good question. Let's talk more about that. So to explain this, I'm going to stick with the golden goat theory because I've kind of done this with golden goat and I can explain how and why and what my purpose was and what the, uh, the purpose could be of this. So you want to take a golden goat S1 and you want to pollinate that with a different cultivar. Now, I didn't do exactly this with the golden goat. Let me make a disclaimer. When I did this, I used the original golden goat clone because I have that. Most people don't have that original golden goat clone. They've got the S1 seed. In this example, he's asking about the S1 seed. So for the story, we're going to change my golden goat to the S1. But for history's sake, I've got the original golden goat clone. Don't get it twisted. Don't change history. Don't think I'm saying something different than ever before. Uh, we're just changing the story to, for this podcast. Uh, we're going to start with the golden goat S1 seed. And then when... Uh, we're going to cross the golden goat S1 with a male of a different cultivar. We're going to use 
uh, the Daybreaker because hypothetically, realistically, that's kind of what I did. I took Golden Goat and Daybreaker. I pollinated. So then I took that male of a different cultivar, like in this question, and I pollinated that S1. In the real world, I did the clone only. Like I keep saying, I want to make that disclaimer. But for this story, took the Daybreaker male, pollinated that S1 Golden Goat. That would have made a rise for this story. Now, also out of that arise did come a very good, uh, a couple of male plants, the one male known as King Solomon, but also there's the lesser known male that is the golden goat dominant male of the arise batch. That is the one that I used to make the golden goat back cross seeds. So now let's talk about uh, what would be the purpose of back crossing the keeper to the original S1. Now what I'm talking about here is going to be a little bit different Then we'll touch on what the actual question is. Um, the thing that I did was I found a male. This uh, question is asking about finding a female. I found a male um, because we took a male plant and pollinated a fem seed that made male and female plants out of that. So I found a male that really spoke to me that looked just like the golden goat. And my purpose for back crossing that was because I wanted to stabilize those golden goat traits uh, and make golden goat seeds. There are no pure golden goat regular seeds. And a lot of purists do not want to buy the feminized version. Uh, some people are just not into feminized seeds. There's an array of reasons why. Uh, we're not going to talk about that now, but some people don't want to buy fems. A lot of people want original golden goat back cross seeds. So I took the golden goat. I pollinated it with daybreaker. I have now got seeds that are half golden goat, half daybreaker because parents were 50-50. One of one, uh, one, of one on one side, one on the other. It came out 50-50. I searched for a phenotype, a male that looked a lot like the golden goat. If any of the phenotypes looked like the Daybreaker, I eliminated those for this project because I don't want Daybreaker traits in this cross. My next step, if I want Golden Goat, uh, if I want Golden Goat back cross seeds, I need to essentially wash out all of the Daybreaker traits. So I'm looking for a male that does not look like Daybreaker at all. I need a boy that looks exactly like Golden Goat. So I found that dude. Then I took that dude and I pollinated the original, uh, mine was, like I said, the original Golden Goat clone, but for this story, I would pollinate that original S1. The purpose for that is now I'm washing out some of those Daybreaker traits because now it's more of a two to one mix of that Golden Goat, Golden Goat, Daybreaker combination because I kind of washed out some of that Daybreaker by breeding it back to the Golden Goat. I got really lucky, or maybe I did really good uh, thinking and planning I was very meticulous in my selection. Uh, I was taking leaves off of my golden goat female and leaves off of my potential golden goat male candidates and matching them up to see if leaf, shape, and size, and serration were even. I was rubbing one with one hand and one with the other and making sure the smells were the same throughout the flowering phase. I was very meticulous with selecting my golden goat, uh, my uh, it's an Arise Golden Goat dominant uh, looking phenotype of Arise male. I was very specific in selecting that one. So most of my phenotypes in my Golden Goat backcross come out very, very Golden Goat dominant. The backcross two. So if I did it again, if I grew those backcross one seeds and found a male plant out of that and put that back on the Golden Goat again, it would really lock in those Golden Goat traits. Most of those seeds would be Golden Goat, uh, just straight Golden Goat coming out when they grew. So the purpose for my reason for going backwards was to wash out the Daybreaker traits and lock in the Golden Goat traits. I was removing the plant that I used to adulterate it, to initiate the back cross process, because at the time there was no Golden Goat male. There still is no Golden Goat male, but people want those pure Golden Goat non-feminized seeds. The closest I can get is a back cross or a back cross to 
version. So that is one reason. I talked about why I chose the male. That's for the back cross to lock in traits. You are saying, uh, what if I were to back cross the keeper to the original S1? So you're going to find a female keeper out of here and cross it to the original S1. It would essentially do the same thing. It would lock in whatever traits you have found. It would really lock in those traits to where probably 70 to 80% of the seeds you grew would look just like the original plant that you've started with if you did your selections properly. So if I read that correctly, you want to take your S1, you want to pollinate it, you want to make seeds. That all makes sense so far. You still got the S1 over here. That's our marker. Uh, then you want to find good a good female out of that. Then which one are we going to reverse? Are we going to reverse the new female? Let's see. What would be the purpose of backcrossing the original to the original or the new one to the original? Uh, which one do we want to reverse? You could do either one. But either way you do it, I would reverse uh, the original and put it on the new one. I would do both, honestly. I'd fuck around and do both over time. But at that point, you're just locking in. Uh, if you find that keeper and then you find that golden goat, you're just putting in the or that original S1. You're just locking in those traits uh, hopefully you selected the one you really love, and then you can lock in those traits in the next breeding project. Uh, that would be the purpose, is to lock in traits. You're not going to open anything up. You're not going to create anything new. Uh, you may see some um, transgressive segregation or some weird recessive traits, but the main purpose would be to lock in dominant traits which you have identified. And now that we're talking about it, this is sort of uh, kind of what I did with the Grateful Dog and number 77 kind of on accident without even realizing what I was doing. But that is another story for another time. Uh, somebody remind me, because I'm not going to write it down, to do an episode about number 77 and the Grateful Dog. And we'll talk more in depth about that in the future. That's a whole other podcast. All right, my dude, uh, Taco Mac, I think I've answered your question here. I did a lot of rambling about this, and I'm not even sure that I got you a solid answer. I think it makes sense. Uh, breeder to breeder, I think you'll understand all the stuff that I was saying. All right, my dude, make sure you do send me your shipping address because I owe you a free pack of Irie Genetics Premium Seeds, and I look forward to seeing what you do with those. Since you are a breeder, somebody starting thinking about breeding, I do encourage you and give you my blessings and permission to breed with any seeds that you receive from me. If you get Irie Genetics Premium seeds, regular feminized seeds, uh, any seeds that come from me, you do have my permission and blessings to breed with them if you got them in a, uh, a positive way. If you stole them or scammed someone or ripped them off, uh, throw them away. You don't deserve them. But if you got them in a positive, uh, what is it, an ethical way, grow the shit out of those, breed them, produce some quality seeds. As long as you give me credit on the breeding package or when you put them out or when you share them, I don't mind. Breed with my stuff. I encourage it. I did not invent cannabis. I'm not a stickler about that. Breed, breed, free love, grow the ganja. All right, that is all I think I've got for you for this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pimps and hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, indoor growers, outdoor growers, cannabis enthusiasts worldwide, thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I'm truly grateful that you guys support the show. Thank you, thank you for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know that I would love to hear from you. The email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Don't be shy, reach out. Also, make sure you support the support. That's, I'm not even gonna edit that. Make sure you support the Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Of course, everyone on Patreon will receive a coupon code as soon as I redirect is launched. Make sure you support us on Patreon. What else do I have for you? Um, I think that is it. Oh, I do wanna give a giant shout out to our friend, Emma Marley. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Woo!
big up yourself every time, Rusty Jeff. Sit back, hug your mom, we relax. Oh.